This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Welcome to Joyful Courage, a conscious parenting podcast where we tease apart the challenges and nuances of parenting through adolescence. I am your host, Casey O'Rourke, positive discipline trainer and adolescent lead at Sproutable, a company that represents not only the growth of children, but also the journey and evolution that we all go through as parents. I'm walking the path right next to you as I navigate the teen parenting with my own two lovely kids here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. Joyful Courage is all about grit, growth on the parenting journey, relationships that provide a sense of connection and meaning, and influential tools that support everyone in being their best selves. Thank you for being here. We are over 1 million downloads and 300 plus episodes strong, and you have taken us to the top 1% of podcasts worldwide. I appreciate you. I'm so excited for today's show. It is the second of six solo shows where I'm going to deep dive with you into alternatives to punishment and really with the hope of shifting mindsets around how to be in response to the behavior that can often show up during the teen years in a way that's really helpful and not hurtful. Like I said last week, disclaimer, I am not a therapist or a doctor. And if you're feeling like your child is in harm's way due to the behavior they are currently exhibiting, I encourage you to reach out to a medical or mental health professional. I am a parent coach. I'm a positive discipline lead trainer, like I said, mom of two teens. So I am coming at you with that resume. I am also deeply invested in supporting parents through the teen years. Enjoy this week's show. Hey, welcome back, my friends. Before I get into this week's show, I have to acknowledge that my voice might be a little more on the husky side today. Do I sound husky to you? It's early. One, I'm recording this early in the morning. And two, I am coming off a weekend of debauchery. I mean, there's really no other way to say it. Two nights of live music and dancing and just doing all the things, having all the fun. And so, you know, it's kind of taken a toll on my voice. So hopefully you're enjoying this husky Casey sound because this is what I'm going to have for you this week. But it won't affect the content. Okay. I'm also drinking coffee. So you might hear me have a moment and enjoy my coffee, but I'm really excited to be back here with you 
to dig into all the goods, all the things around alternatives to punishment. I have a real-time story to share with you about our topic today, but I'm going to save that to the end. I want to remind you about where we went last week. I talked about the why of this series. So many parents, especially parents of teens, fall into the trap of believing that the way to ensure the best possible outcome for their kids is to make sure that they feel the pain when they make a mistake or get into mischief, right? We get scared. We do. We get scared that our teens will make mistakes that have devastating impacts on their future because some do, right? And so we lose our minds a bit. Well, maybe not our minds, but we lose our sensibility and we forget that this time of life, adolescence, it's a big experiment. It's a time for our kids to really stretch into trying things out, trying things on, figuring out for themselves the consequences of their actions through experience, right? And if we parents can stay in our lane, remember our role, right? Adolescence can be a time of really powerful growth and it's tricky to do. And sometimes when people hear me talk about being a positive discipline trainer and coach, their initial reaction is to think that it is permissive parenting, right? I've done whole podcasts about this, that being a positive discipline parent means that I'm always focused on the positive, that I'm catching them when they're good, that I'm super nice all the time, and that anything goes and it's a free for all. And it's not true, right? They miss the mark. People miss the mark when that's what they believe this is all about. When parents learn more about positive discipline, as you've learned more about it and taken classes and committed to the work and the practice, you find out that it's actually a lot of work. It's more work than parenting from the hip. It's 100% the opposite of permissive parenting. It's thoughtful. It's intentional. There's a reason the style of parenting is called conscious parenting because we're paying attention. We're in our consciousness around the way that we show up in relationship and response to the people in our lives. The goal is, again, that we're paying even more attention. And that attention, that presence, that consciousness, it allows us to see what our kids really need from us and who they need us to be. And it requires a shit ton of personal awareness, right? So if you're someone who's like, meh, personal awareness, I'm in the moment, right? If you're not someone who wants to look inside and work things out, yeah, it's going to be really hard. Well, it's not going to be really hard. It's going to be really easy because you'll be parenting from the hip and just be in reaction all the time. We're going to talk about this in another episode on this series, right? Like in the moment, it might feel like getting big and bad and loud and threatening solves the problem in the moment. But What's really going on? Are kids submitting out of fear? Are they getting sneaky? Are they, you know, plotting to take advantage the minute that your back is turned? Like what's really happening with that style of parenting and what does relationship look like? So when we think of traditional discipline, the way that many of us, I feel like you're all Gen Xers, right? I mean, do millennials have teenagers? Maybe if they had kids really, really young. I feel like you're all like me, Gen Xers. Whoop, whoop. So those of us that are in, you know, Gen X, raised by boomers, right? Traditional discipline really looked a lot like power and control. And, you know, that's kind of the context of parenting that many of us were raised with. And it is an either or game with a winner and a loser. Either the parent has control or the child does. Either the parent gets what they want and wins or, gosh darn it, the child gets what they want and the parent loses, 
it's parenting from the hip and it's hurtful. It's not useful. Positive discipline looks through the lens of both and. It is a win-win, collaborative, relationship-centered, solution-focused way of being in relationship with our kids. Everyone's dignity and respect is held as sacred. It is connection and responsibility, kindness and firmness. It's both of those things, all of those things at the same time. The most powerful tool we have for influencing the behavior of our teens is the relationship that we nurture with them. Done. Like that's it. That's it. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. When I think back to being a teenager, my dad, God bless him and love that guy. My dad's go-to tool when I was getting into trouble, which I did, I snuck out a lot. I threw a couple of very, very small tame parties, but there was, you know, alcohol there. 
But his tool when he found out, because he always did, because I was not very good at being sneaky, was to ground me. I would get grounded for insane amounts of time, like usually months, right? Not like you're grounded this weekend, but you're grounded for the next two months and who cares if homecoming and holidays and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I mean, it was super annoying. It was super annoying. And I knew I knew that sneaking around and lying about it, I knew I wasn't like doing the right thing, but... I also knew like, I'm a teenager. I'm going to do what I want. My parents don't get it. So I got to get better at being sneaky and lying, right? The punishment didn't keep me from doing those things. I just tried and (laughs) failed most of the time to be sneakier. And I just got grounded more often, including like three weeks before I went to college. I had to be home at 10 on weekdays and midnight on weekends before I left for college. So What didn't happen that might have made a difference for me? I get that I'm speculating, who knows, right? But, you know, my parents could have gotten curious with me about why I felt like I needed to sneak around and lie. They could have stayed really neutral and given me space to talk about, you know, the things I was going through, about my perception of myself at the time. They could have helped me make sense of the decisions I was making in a way that allowed me to grow in my critical thinking. I could have used more of that as I went off on my own in college. That's for sure. However, despite the ineffective punishment, one thing I can say about my parents during that time is I knew that they cared deeply about me. There was structure and routine. We had a lot of quality family time and it was important to them to know my friends. They showed up. Even when I was grounded, it wasn't sit in your room and think about it. It was, okay, whole family is going bowling. Let's go. I remember one time in particular, things were good. I was grounded, but things were good. We're having fun. And I was kind of saddled up to my dad and I was like, okay, dad, I think your point is made. I don't think I need to be grounded for six more weeks. And he put his arm around me and he smiled at me and he said, well, what lesson would I be teaching you, Case, if I went back on my word? Uh, We're in the bowling alley. I can picture this so well. It was so annoying. It was so annoying. So relationship was there with my parents. But what was missing was the conversation and the reflection and the practice and the kind of the tuning into what was going on for me that I wasn't making good decisions. I was actually making very risky decisions and managed to not have the worst thing ever happen. But I think ultimately what kept me from going over the edge, even as I carried on in some pretty risky behavior in college, is that I did have relationship with my parents. And who knows? I don't know. I think about that sometimes. And now I'm finding myself as a mom to two teenagers. I have so much more compassion for my parents and love for them. Not because like, oh, it was the right move to ground me, but it's hard, right? I wasn't a terrible teen, but God, it must have been terrifying. Those times that they came to find out like, oh, Casey's gone. Like she's not here She's been out all night or I don't know, maybe it wasn't. They always seemed very mellow most of the time. But I feel the pull as a parent of a teen when my kids have gotten into mischief and I felt it, especially 15, 16, much more with my oldest than with my youngest. And maybe that was because she also was really secretive and actively trying to pull away from us and really in rejection of the family. And I 
felt hardcore the pull to lay down the law. Like I was so scared. I was scared. I was feeling rejected. I was worried. Like it was so mind blowing to me when she turned the corner and really just kind of gave us all the middle finger. I have a hilarious Father's Day picture of the family (laughs) where she's literally giving the middle finger. I mean, it was such a U-turn from where we were at. So Yeah, I was desperate and I was definitely contemplating like, oh, I got to ground her. I got to take her phone. I got to punish her for lying. And she was so freaking skillful, like straight to my face. What was more concerning to me at the time and when I'm in my most conscious present self is getting to the bottom of what's going on for my kids. Like I want to know what beliefs are driving their behavior. And I want to know what's happening under the surface. You all have heard me talk about the iceberg, right? Like, I want my kids to think, what is the reasoning behind this decision? You know, is there something else driving me? Is this a conscious decision? Am I assuming the risks and the benefits here? And by the way, when our teenagers look at risks and benefits, like risks are really, really small and benefits tend to be like, ah, 97% chance of me pulling this off and everything's fine. I'm going for it, right? Or even like 75%. That's just how they're wired, right? That's how they're wired. And so, but I still, I want to be with them in conversation with them and reflection with them in a way that grows and develops that inner dialogue that they're having with themselves. So that even when they are taking a risk, it's not just like, blah, let's just do it. Like there's some kind of dropping in around, is this the best thing for me to do? Not really sure, right? And that's what this series is about. It's about curiosity and compassion and digging deeper to find out what is driving our kids and getting, you know, moving them into the mischief that they're getting into. And I am here to say lots of the bad choices that our kids make are one-offs too. They're experiments. The novelty-seeking part of their brain is getting the better of them. And these moments, these like first-time offender, (laughs) for lack of a better phrase, these are such powerful opportunities because these are the moments where we have a choice. We parents, we have a choice when we can keep it together, right? We can either go ballistic out of fear and get up all in their grill because we're scared and it's the only way we can think of to make sure they don't do it again, right? We can transform the dynamic into a power game. We can let them know this is what the teen years are going to look like. You do what I say or it's going down, right? We think that we need to be big, bad, and ugly so that in the moment our kids think, well, I'm not going to do this because I don't want to get into trouble. And that is a game that we are going to lose. We parents are going to lose because we lose our kids. It becomes us versus them instead of them learning to be thoughtful and reflective about the choices that they're making. The other thing we can do if we're not going to do that, which I encourage you not to, is we can get curious. We can get really, really skilled at being curious with no agenda other than curiosity. We can stand side by side with our teens and we can remain neutral and non-judgmental and guide them into some critical thinking around what they did or didn't do and help them make sense of it in a useful way. We can support them in learning how to reflect on their choices, on their behavior, on their decisions in a way that grows character and life skills, right? When we respond this way, we actually strengthen relationship with our kids. We increase the likelihood that they will trust us to be able to handle it when they need to come to us with the big stuff. We pave the way 
for how we will navigate together what lies ahead. Yes, absolutely. Punishment is a tool. It's a short-term tool that adds to the pain our teens already are carrying when they make a mistake. And for some kids, that's motivation to not do it again for some kids. But at what cost? I want my kids to have skills. I want my kids to learn from their mistakes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want them to reflect on where things went sideways, right? What they can do differently next time, how they can show up as a positive influence on others rather than following the crowd. This is what I want. These are not things that punishment teaches. Punishment does not teach. Punishment just adds on to the pain and suffering that they're already feeling because they know they've done the wrong thing or they've hurt someone or they've hurt themselves. You know, natural consequences are really powerful. We don't need to add on. We don't need to add on. We can be with them, like I said last week, we can be with them in facing whatever comes their way because of their choices, which includes an F, right? One of the things that came up in the Facebook group is, you know, homework and not getting their homework done and acting like they, you know, don't have any homework and their grades are slipping. And yep, that is a natural consequence. So rather than taking, you know, quote control, haha, rather than being the one that feels like you need to create motivation by, you know, narrowing the path and offering rewards if they do it and threats if they don't, like, what do they want? What do they want out of school? And are they getting it? How can they get to where they want to be so that they can move into what's next and have choices and opportunities? That's the conversation I want to have and I do have with my son, right? I want them to be doing the things, whether it's chores or schoolwork or their, you know, the way that they show up socially. I want them to do the things from a place of recognizing, you know, I'm a sovereign individual. What do I want? And how can I be inside of this situation in a way that gets me there? Like, that's what I want to develop in my kids. I want that more than I want 4.0s, right? If my kid wants a 4.0, great. But if my kid, he does, wants to get into, you know, UT Austin or U of A or UCLA or, you know, these colleges on his list, my question to him is, what are you doing now so that you look like someone on paper that these schools want to say yes to. Like, that's my question. So yeah, I also, again, when I asked the community about what their challenges are around, you know, I told, I said in the Joyful Courage for Parents of Teens Facebook group that I'm creating this series and I talked to parents in my classes and scrolled through some of the posts in the group. And one thing that comes up too with teenagers is general attitude, like the sass, backtalk, disrespect. So I want to share a story that I mentioned at the beginning that just happened a few days ago. And I think it fits here. Like, what do we do with the attitude? Because it's annoying and disrespectful, right? And if you're like me, man, the disrespect gets under the skin real quick. So just a few days ago, my youngest came home in a total mood, right? He was hungry. He was tired. He made some food and tried to escape to his room. And for whatever reason, I felt like it was important for him to stay upstairs. I knew he was going to watch a lacrosse game later. He had hung out with a friend after school. There was this little window of time. So I was like, no, you know what? Hang out upstairs. He was super annoyed by that. He was snarky. It felt like my experience of him was 
just like so over it. Like, how dare I ask him to hang around, right? And there were some comments made. There were definitely some facial expressions shared that, you know, like I said, got under my skin. And I went into a full body response. I stayed calm on the outside, right? I gave a nice, even keeled lecture on how, listen, buddy, I am feeling very frustrated and I'm going to tell you why, right? It's fine to be in a mood, right? We all get to be in a mood, but it's not okay to treat us, meaning me, like shit. And I, I went on and on and on with very little response from him. I mean, he was looking at me. I could see it, right? I could see his internal dialogue, like just let her talk, get through it, and then I'm out of here. And I was getting more and more worked up. Like as I kept talking, I was like feeling my own fire until at the end, I literally growled at him. I mean, I wanted to get up and get two inches away from his face and just like really come unglued, but I didn't do that. I did growl. And then I left. I walked away because I knew, wow, well, case, get your get it together. I went downstairs to my room to calm down. He went downstairs and I knew he was leaving soon. So I came upstairs and he was in his car. He had walked out the door. And so I went outside and I caught him and I like owned my behavior, you know, like, hey, I kind of I went off in there and that wasn't fair and I'm sorry, you know, and I was really vulnerable and real and genuine with him and worked on on connecting. And he shared his experience. He said, mom, you say that, you know, it's okay to be in bad mood, but it's not okay. Like you go get into a bad mood. He's saying this to me, like your bad moods, we all have to live with and you're, you know, annoying and rude to us. And we just have to deal. He's like, and I'm in a bad mood. And I just needed some downtime. I just needed a little bit of alone time, right? I had just gotten home and you got all up in my grill about it. And, you know, that's not fair. And as I'm listening to him, I know like he is right. He's totally right. He's nailing it. You know, it's a double standard. And what I celebrated in that moment was his willingness and ability to express himself to me. I celebrated receiving the feedback in a way that allowed him to feel heard. Like I didn't say, well, yeah, but, right? Or I didn't try to justify my behavior. And I celebrated feeling more connected after the exchange, right? I celebrated feeling more connected after the exchange. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Remember those long-term questions that I talked about last week? So how do I help my teen become capable? How do I get into my teen's world and support their developmental process? How do I help them feel a sense of belonging and significance? How do I honor that my teen has different ideas about what's best for him or her? right? How can I, my teen and I use this problem as an opportunity to learn from our mistakes. Like I feel like, you know, once I got it together and came back to make amends and own, really take personal responsibility for my behavior and connect with him. Like those are the questions that I was walking inside of, right? Again, his practice around emotional honesty with me, knowing that he could be very clear and articulate around what he was experiencing. That's important. That's an important life skill, right? And feeling more connected, like modeling myself, modeling coming back with humility and saying, hey, I got that wrong. And modeling what that looks like for him and like the repetition of, you know, sometimes we have conflict and we can come back and connect. And I think that kind of experience is going to do a lot more for his attitude and behavior than, you know, taking his phone away because he was sassy and snarky when he came home from school, right? So that's what I've got for you this week. We'll get into some different specific behaviors as we move through. But really what I'm hoping is that these shows, this limited series supports you in making that mindset shift because it takes a lot of courage to recognize when we're parenting out of fear and desperation and we let go of this traditional idea that we have to punish our kids when they're not showing up the way that we want to show up, thinking that that's how we support them in getting there, it takes a lot of courage to do something different and to trust the process. So this week, what I really want you to do is to look deeper and to get curious with your teen. What's going on for them that's driving the behavior you're seeing? And you can't really, that's not the question to ask. It's other questions and presence and listening and space for them to express that's gonna get you there. Because they might not know. If the first question you say is like, why did you do that? (laughs) Right, what's the typical response? I don't know. Right. So that's not the question. The question is like, tell me about what went down. Maybe not like that. Tell me about what went down. I'm really curious. Paint me the picture of your afternoon and how things played out and how things unfolded, right? From a very neutral, non judgmental place. And also this week, what can you own up to? How are you a part of the problem? And where can you take some personal responsibility and make some amends? 
And just to remind you, I'm going to do this every week. I'd love for you to join me on April 25th. So April 25th from 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, I'm doing a two-hour interactive free online workshop. And we're going to get into rules and expectations and boundaries with our teens, the firmness part of positive discipline. I'll be leading the group through some experiential activities and hold space for Q&A. I want you to come be a part of this. You can check out what it's like to be in a live workshop with me and kind of take away really powerful tools and lessons. So if you're into it, you can sign up right now to make sure there's space for you. And you'll also get the replay if that time doesn't work. So go to www.besproutable.com slash boundaries dash tweens dash teens. That link will be in the show notes, www.besproutable.com slash boundaries dash tweens dash teens. You can also go to besproutable.com slash teens and see all the things that we've got available for parents of teens. I'm going to be back next week and I'm going to focus on how to be in collaboration with our teenagers, how to create win-wins and deciding what you will do and following through. All the love, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. Right, all right, all right. How many Dazed and Confused fans do I have out there? Oh my gosh, it was such a staple when I was in college. I adore this community. I love you guys. I'm so happy to bring you content that matters to you. I love hearing that it matters to you, so keep emailing me. Speaking of email, are you on my email list? If not, go to besproutable.com and you'll see at the bottom of any page you go to there a place to sign up for emails. And if you get signed up now... Well, I want you to get signed up now because we've got some things rolling out in the next couple of months that I want you to be aware of. If you feel inspired and you haven't already, and there's a lot of you out there who haven't already done this, so I'm talking to you. Do me a favor and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We're working really hard to stand out, make an impact on families, get on the top chart list, right? Because parents search for podcasts for parenting and uh, your review helps the Joyful Courage podcast to be seen by even more parents. Don't forget... Sign up for that Boundaries Workshop on April 25th, 5 to 7 p.m. PST. You can find the link in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. See you next week. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.